Are you ready to scale? Why not invest three minutes in our scalability index? It's quick, it's easy, and it's got specific guidance. Find it at evokinggenius.com scale. Hello and welcome again to the Genius at Scale podcast. Today's guest is Marcus Ogden. Marcus, tell us a little bit about yourself and introduce yourself to the audience. Thank you, John. My name is Marcus Ogden. I'm from Washington, D.C. I now live in Fuquay, Verena, North Carolina. I am a father of two beautiful young ladies. I am a former NFL athlete. I am a current international national keynote speaker, business coach, consultant, brand ambassador, business owner. I am the podcast host of the Get Authentic with Marcus Ogden show. We are a top 1% globally most popular podcast. And I am very blessed to do what I do to help our clients achieve massive breakthroughs in their personal and professional lives. Wow. That's, uh, that's a lot. <laughs> so I'm, I'm uh, thrilled to have you today because oftentimes um, guests are scaling a company or a product. If we're scaling an EV company or a chip manufacturing company, obviously it's the, the counting is either in dollars or the number of chips we sell. I'm fascinated to hear about your business and I'm curious, I know you're scaling and growing like crazy. How do you scale a, would it be a professional services? Would, it, would we call it that a professional services company as opposed to a product or, a, or even a, a straight service company like uh, shampoo and carpets or something like that? How do, you, how do you scale a professional services company? That's a great question, John. What you have to do is you have to create online content that could be played back residually, rebroadcasted, repurposed, and also something where you put out into what I call the atmosphere or the air, and it's always there. Like, for example, we just launched not that long ago, two days ago to be exact, on July 12th, our brand new app. The Marcus Ogden app it is a free app designed to inspire, educate, and enlighten people that check us out and subscribe, right? It's a free app. Then we have a program we're doing around helping people that want to either be a paid speaker, want to start a podcast and monetize, or want to build or enhance their brand. We're going to do some, some one or two day workshops that can then be repurposed for future webinars and future content. We're also working on some online things with, with, with funnels and trying to create funnels where you can actually can watch videos and go through the funnel process. And at that time, they're able to really help get more information. And they maybe can't afford, right, John, our high-ticket coaching or high-ticket you know, speaking or consulting, but they want some information. They want to be able to have access to us. So our app does that. Our podcast does that. And also we're doing some online products and services that will bring that to the table for people as well. Wow. That's a, it's a, so and this is on all kinds of social media channels. You can get it on LinkedIn or you can find it on YouTube or you can find it wherever you kind of wherever you want to find it. Correct. And that's the whole beauty of content, right? So I think there's two things. You have marketing and you have networking. So networking is the actual, what I call the personal meeting people interacting with them and gaining that ability to really 
have that intellectual, that real great conversation in person or virtually and meet them. Then you have marketing, which is more of a broad, wider net that you're trying to get people to know about you, to want to engage you in some capacity. So for us, the marketing is critical through the app, right? Through, you know, the, you know, the podcast, through us going on podcasts like yours, right? It's all about taking that, uh, that time and that ability to do just that. So in reality, it's a really important process, I feel, to be able to really go to the next level. You have to hit all forms of marketing to scale, especially in a product service business when it comes to, you know, well, you know, in that regard around speaking, coaching, that professional, excuse me, services business like speaking, coaching in that regard. So how do you scale yourself if you're not, either you're not physically capable, you break your leg or you're out, or you just want to take time off? I, um, I'm curious. Great question, which goes back to creating content that you can repurpose where people can have access to you around the clock. Recording webinars, recording videos, your podcast, you know, because again, right now, everything that I pretty much do, I'm trading time for money where I have to be there speaking, right. coaching, consulting, but we're building out the, what we call the funnel process, the scalability process. So if I want to take time off, I can do that and still earn residual income. So if you're trying to scale something like, again, a professional services business, you have to build that what we call the audience that is your viable, potential, value-driven customer, which means that they can buy from you your product and or service without you really being there. And that's something that a lot of people have to really understand is that it takes time to really engage that because if you're going to have a type of a business it takes a lot of time to build up trust with your audience, especially around professional services, right, John? Speaking, coaching. So you just can't say, oh, I've done one podcast. Oh, buy my stuff on there. Oh, I've done one speaking job. Buy my stuff. I'm, I'm the best. No, it doesn't work that way. It takes time. So I tell people all the time, if you want to do something in scale in professional services, it takes time of you having to trade time for money in the beginning. And then from there, people like Tony Robbins, Brendan Bouchard, you know, Ed Miley, they have mastered the repurposing of broadcast and content so they don't have to be there in that time. Right. So um, I'm, I'm curious about something like speaking. So mm -hmm. uh, I've got a budget and I can't afford Marcus. Mm -hmm. Do you have other people on your team where you say, well, same message, but not the the brand leader, if you will, or the face of the franchise, if you will? Good, good question. We, I have clients that I will refer out for that. It's not like someone that I call like a affiliate of our program. I don't have that, but I do have people that hire me to coach them how to speak, how to scale, how to grow, how to really get to the next level. And those people are people that I will refer out to a potential client if I am not within their budget, which is fine. Because at the end of the day, I'm always wanting to help our clients increase ROI, get seen, increase visibility. So it works out very well in, you know, in, in, in that regard. Got it. Got it. Yeah. It, I, a long time ago, in his early days, um, my partner and I worked with Simon Sinek. 
Sure. Simon Simon's great from the stage, but he's not um, necessarily a coach or a practitioner. And so we were good in-house and he was good from the stage. We didn't want anything to do with the stage. I'm curious, do you have a model like that where, where you go give the keynote and then you s deploy my language specialists, what, whatever, that, that might be a six month assignment where you're in there, uh, where your team is in there. Do you have a, a model like that on the, on the docket or no? No, we don't, but that's something we're actually working towards as we build up our team in that regard. So that's something we're definitely looking to engage now that we're getting larger jobs consistently, larger dollars. Now it's about creating what I call that ability to scale through having people go and do things and pay them a certain salary. We make a little bit off what they're doing and everybody wins. So absolutely, that's something that we're really working towards. Uh, I do coaching one-on-one, some consulting, but for larger types of, you know, more invested type of projects, right. we're going to be working towards that in that regard going forward. No, it makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. Um, curious, obviously your background is, uh, you're one of the, you know, statistically very rare uh, breed. You, you played in the NFL and you had a successful career. How much did it, um, was the transition into something else facilitated by the skills you had to master or embody in your your athletic career? And how much of it was actually a, a detriment? Like it, it wasn't so helpful. Good question. So the skill set of determination, grit, perseverance, overcoming obstacles and facing dark days was critical for me to have success in what I'm doing today in my work as a speaker, a coach, consultant. Now, on the other side, what's really interesting is the detriment was is that, you know, in, in the beginning of my career, especially, it was hard to sustain and grow because I was the only person that we had. Right. And in That's sports, right. you have a team. So Your you have team. that team sure. atmosphere, you have your you have help. You have coaches and all that. And when I started speaking, I couldn't afford that. So it's really hard for me in that beginning, uh, getting started. So the detriment of sports was I had gotten so used to team and teamwork that I didn't have that going forward with our brand in the beginning. And that hurt. And now at the end of the day, going forward with what we have, we have that team, but it took a while to build it. So I'm very grateful that the determination, the grit, the perseverance, all those things were embedded in me to get to this point where I could eventually scale through building out a team, website, SEO guy, videographer, internal manager, external manager, uh, right. you know, trademark and patent person, uh, all these key, uh, you know, um, you know, all these key, uh, social media team, a video caption team. So uh, it took a while, but here we are now very fortunate in that regard going forward. And in the beginning, you just had to learn all that stuff or, or oh, muddle through yeah. it. Muddle through it. And then I ended up finding my <laughs> internal manager, business partner, Dawn Wiener. And Dawn was very paramount and pivotal in me going from struggling to at least having some sort of database, some sort of foundation, because Dawn did everything, videos, website, photos, 
uh, content creator. I mean, and she did social media. She didn't know any of that stuff when she started, right? So really and truly, it took time to build. But yeah, in the beginning, it was really, really hard to kind of get that and go in that direction going forward. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder, might have the transition been different how you played what I'll call an individual sport, tennis or golf or swimming, it, where you're great you question. team, but uh, it's it all been, on you. It would have been a lot easier to understand that in order to get where I want to go, I have to do what I did in that sport, like tennis or bowling or something like that. But when you play a team sport and you're trying to make the adjustment, it could be a little bit dicey because you're so used to everybody being around you, working towards the common goal of getting that done and moving forward in that light. So right. that's really where a lot of people have to make that whole that whole setup that, hey, in order to get where you need to go, you got to really put it in and get things moving in the right direction. Sure, sure. Was there a, um, a specific inflection point where you went, I mean, obviously it's compounding. You're doing, you're working every day, especially at the beginning by yourself. But was there an inflection point where you finally said, we've got some critical mass, we've got some, we've got some uh, runway here, we've got some um, traction. Was there an event or was there, was that just uh, day after day and eventually it was there? So basically when we got our first paid speaking job in 2016, it made me realize I could do this. But then really and truly after going to a coaching program in 2018, and I had a little bit of money saved, but not a lot, but a little bit. And we talked about at the program, building your team and what you don't do well, you have to be able to like delegate to that moment between the NAPSA program at Penn State that was put on by the NFL PA Player Care Foundation and getting coached, mentored by Mel Robbins. Uh, it was, that was February 2018 with Mel Robbins. And it was March 2018 with NAPSA. Once I finished and completed both of those amazing opportunities, it made me realize if I don't hire, if I really don't have the money, quote unquote, if I don't try to find the money and do these things, then it won't work. And that was in our first hire after dawn, of course, was my, uh, was my website designer, my SEO manager, George Sod of Info Edge, sorry, sorry, of, 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 um, of Info Edge IT. And he was critical in us getting the website that we needed to host the videos for speaking, to host testimonies for speaking, to host all these things. It was such a huge part of what we needed. So yes, absolutely. We needed, you know, to make that hire. But after getting coached and mentored and learning that Mark, if you don't delegate to people, you won't get to the top level in that regard. Sure, sure. But at the beginning, you kind of can't delegate because there's, well, you could, you go in debt to do it, but it's, right. it's all on well, you. No, I, no, I, I, had, I had no, because I went through a bankruptcy, right, John? So I had no credit. I couldn't leverage. So uh, okay. after the program, again, 18, I had, had a few little jobs. I had a few bucks, you know, you know, a few bucks, maybe like two or three grand, few bucks saved up where I wasn't like living, I was living paycheck to paycheck, but I had a little bit of a buffer, like a month of buffer, right? I'd say, okay, about a month of buffer. I'm still doing football training. Speaking's getting better. If, I, if I'm going to scale, Dawn and I have to have help. Dawn cannot yep. do the website anymore. She's not 
doesn't know how to do SEO like that. And if I'm going to get to this level, I have got to, got to invest in a website SEO person. And that's what, and that's what we did. Yeah. And you just outsourced it. You found somebody outsourced and correct. Dawn, contracted. New, yeah. Dawn knew, yeah, it was 1099. Dawn knew George because George was outsourced as a contractor to the church that Dawn went to. So that's how she met George. And then I met George. And then George, so Dawn came in to me in 2017 into my life, into our organization. George came in in 2018. Right, right. Oh, that's great. That's great. So any entrepreneurial journey, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, you know, you see the business plans and everything just goes like this. It's 30% a year. And obviously it never works that way. Was there a, was there a dark day or, a, you know, on your, on your escalation up, was there a, either a critical mistake or um, obviously pandemic was thrown upon all of us, but was there, was there a point where you said, oh my God, we just, we just not got, we just lost a year and a half of progress or we just lost a big client or was, I'm, I'm curious if there were, if there was something like that, and then how did it eventually help you to be where you're at today? So it wasn't where we lost a client, but it was a job that I did in 2014 for NetApp. And it was our first Fortune 500 corporate client. And I did the job because I knew the head of their uh, healthcare for the state of North Carolina, a guy named Dave, who I trained both his sons in football. And when I did the talk for them, I thought I nailed it. I thought I crushed it. And we had lunch after that. And Dave said, Marcus, how do you think you did? I said, well, Dave, I thought I did great. I had high energy. I was passionate. I was a little bit nervous, but man, I was killing it. You know, I thought it was awesome. He was like, Marcus, let me ask you a question. I said, yeah, Dave, did anybody come up to you and tell you how great you did? I was like, well, no, Dave, now that you mentioned, he said, yes, great energy, great passion, wrong topic. You were talking about your business failure versus talking about football concussions because we are healthcare practitioners. That's what we do. Uh, so because we don't understand the business talk or things like that, you missed the mark with the content. You missed the mark with your the ability. It was just the wrong topic. Correct. Wrong topic for the wrong group. So right. when I got that feedback, it hurt. But I'm glad that I got it from a friend early in my career because once I found out, he hired us back to speak for them again six months later at a different event. This time, I was focused on knowing my audience, how to speak, how to bring value. That time, I crushed the event. Dave said, phenomenal job. He gave me my first Fortune 500 testimonial letter, and now... We've worked for, I want to say it's 54 Fortune 500 brands as a speaker in the last seven years. And, you know, we've worked, I think, of the 50, of, over, of the 50, over, of the over plus 50, I think like 20 are Fortune 100, like Cisco, Siemens, um, Home Depot, uh, Bank of America, Merrill Lynch, Goldman Sachs, even Morgan and Chase. Like these are a few of our Fortune 100 Intel clients right i can i can imagine though it's like 
being hit by a truck if you're first one and, and your impression was, oh, cr crush that one. That's awesome. Yeah. So what did you do? Go back and change your prep? Um, so that so that time I did I didn't change my prep. I just focused on more of my story that was around the NFL and healthcare and concussions and hard times and trying to adjust from the game and going into life after all those critical things. I was able to really reassess and make really better strategic moves in that regard. Yeah. And so, so now you can customize your, your message. That's a, that's like second nature. Uh, yeah, that's, Oh that's yeah. It's, uh, hey, oh yeah. I mean, over time and trials and tribulations and learning and adjusting. Yes. And if you're listening to this and you want to scale as a speaker, if you need to, you need to understand this facet in speaking, it's not about you. It's not about your story. It's about telling your story that the audience is going to relate to and wants to hear. That's the art of speaking. If you talk about something that doesn't have any type of any type of uh, relatability or any type of you know any type of synergy with that with your audience, forget about it. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So, uh, how do you then either what do you optimize for or how do you optimize in your business? Like, do you have a you focus on one thing that you optimize? So I optimize the speaking, which leads to everything else, the coaching, the consulting, the podcasting, the brand ambassador work, because our business was built off of speaking. That's what it was built off of. And then what we've done now to really optimize that, we've gotten better over time at our podcast because our podcast has been a phenomenal lead generation for speaking, for coaching. So optimization of speaking was number one and critical because if you don't speak well in our industry, you won't have a job. But then after I got good at that, optimize the podcast. We now shoot one day a week, sometimes two, but primarily one day a week, four to six episodes I shoot back to back to back. And we now publish every single week, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. We have a setup, we have a system, and we really run it nice and lean. And we have a, like, we are now booking for guests into late September, early October because we only shoot one day a week. So as a result of that, it creates a nice log of backup of people that we want to have on the show. And also, the podcast is now feeding, talking about scaling our our online business we're trying to we're trying to use our mailchimp crm tool to build up for people that want to get information on how to get on bigger stages and make more money start a podcast and monetize build their brand so on and so forth so as a result all these things are coming through the podcast but again speaking was number one and now the podcast is now shifted where we're optimizing that to build out everything else, speaking, coaching, consulting, our online presence, trying to create the residual income, the funnels, because we want to scale. That's where it has to be because I can't be everywhere all the time. And also scaling for us means getting involved in businesses that align with our brand, try to make more money and help more people. So that also is part of scaling as well. So how do, how do you, um, or how did you, 
decide or was it obvious that speaking drives the bus, not coaching or not uh, webinars or not conferences or whatever else you might be able to do? Because you need to build your audience of value-driven people who find value what you do that can afford to buy your product and or service or professional services. Mm -hmm. And if you're trying to go out and coach or you're trying to go out and consult or you're trying to go out and do a podcast without having any sort of foundation, people already know you and admire you and are really in that regard, it's going to be hard. It's going to be real hard. So what I tell people for us is that when we're on stage inspiring people, captivating them, enlightening them, that's when I said, okay, Marcus, you're the person to coach me. Okay, Marcus, I want you to come consult for us. Okay, Marcus, I want to be on your podcast. So those are things that we did. So speaking is a really powerful way, I feel, for us to create what I call that standout effect to have a competitive edge over anybody that does what we do. So that's why to me, speaking was and is the most important facet of our brand because without the speaking, it, it puts us in a situation where we're not standing out as much and we don't have a very nice competitive advantage. Got it. And you don't have to be on the road every day. You just have to be on the road. Oh. You have to be speaking enough. Yeah, enough. I mean, you can speak three, four times a month, sometimes twice a month. I mean, I, I didn't speak at all in July. I was on a month. I was on the road like six, six weeks. I mean, sorry, six times in May. I was on the road, uh, you know, four times in June. I'm not on the road at all in July. I'm back on the road right, in July August. And August I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm all, yeah. I'm all, I'm on the road twice in August. September's busy. I'm in South Dakota, the Nashville, and some things are booming there. But again, it's all about driving your bus to scale off what you do best. And I know for a fact, speaking, inspiring, enlightening is my jam. And that's where I do best. And that's how I'm able to now, I'm in, I'm in my brand new home that I bought six weeks ago, you know, and without speaking and really having that the foundation of our business, I can tell you right now, John, where I'm at right now would not be. Hmm. How did you how did you figure that out? How did you uh, we, we work with a concept we call genius talent. Some people call it superpower. How did you figure out what yours was? Like was it by once, fun or so once I once I owned that I made the mistake in my business, my construction company in September 2013, after my rock bottom moment, I then started telling people a little bit about what was happening. And people said, Marcus, wow. That's amazing. You should speak. So that kind of got me thinking about it. And then when I did my first job, you know, I was very nervous. And I was very afraid. I got pretty decent feedback from the Boys and Girls Club of Raleigh for talking to their board members and their donors. And that really was the opportunity that I needed to see if I could do this. So then from there, it was just continuing to move forward. It was continuing to progress. It was continuing to really grow in my talent. And then now here we are, what's that? Almost 10 years later, here we are. So I tell everybody all the time, finding your superpower sometimes comes from outside people. Sometimes it comes from inside of you. But you have to understand this. Once you identify it, for goodness sakes, go with it, run with it, and don't slow down. Because the minute you slow down, take your foot off the gas, that's when you start getting stagnant. If you're stagnant, you're not growing. If you're not growing, you're dying.
Yeah. How would you how would you describe your superpower? I would describe it as the ability to connect with almost anybody. I'm very good to, at connecting with people, what people like me, and likability is big as a speaker. If people don't like you, they will not work with you. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And it's amazing how many people, maybe it's a lack of self-awareness, but they don't realize they're not terribly likable. <laughs> That's right. And the thing is, if people don't like you, why would they give you their money? Right. Why would they hire you? They can go right. somewhere else, right? So again, if you're listening, if you want to really scale, make yourself likable. When people like you, it's so much easier to scale. It's funny. We work up with team after team about trust. And people want to say, well, we, we got to develop trust. We got to develop trust. And the precursor to that is you have to like them. We don't trust people we don't like because nope. inherently uh, we've got a block we there. Think, and it, well, inherently we think that you're out to hurt us or get yep. something from us and nobody wants to feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. Um, so we have a, we have a little fun portion on the, uh, the show. If, if I went to, uh, if I had, a, you know, you, you watch those national geographic nature shows where they follow a pack of lions or hyenas or whatever. If we had a national geographic, uh, film crew come to your junior high, seventh, eighth, ninth grade and follow you around for 30 days and, and then say, wow, here's what we know about this kid. Would we have bet on you to be where you are today from what we saw in seventh, eighth, or ninth grade? Not a chance. No. Oh, I, I, no. Who I were, was a, were you a knucklehead or what a, were you? I was, a, I was a pudgy, awkward, non-confident young man. And I had no when you, when you idea. you say non-confident, what, what do you mean? No, no, non-confident. Oh, non-confident. Oh, got it. Right. Okay. I had no confidence in myself. I was extremely competent and smart, but I had no confidence in myself and I didn't really understand that I have the ability to write my own ticket with my work ethic, with my skill sets. I was just kind of being a knucklehead. But so absolutely where I'm at today, there's no way I would have ever thought that in junior high. No way. So that's your opinion, but would the film crew have picked up that you were highly capable and smart and all that other stuff, but just lacking confidence and what might oh, yeah, be going to oh, Vegas. Yeah. And oh yeah. They would have picked that up. That I'm, you know, that I'm smart and all absolutely would pick that up, you know, for sure. Without a doubt. Oh, so, so we might've bet on you. Nah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you, do you, do you bet on somebody that's not confident? I wouldn't. Yeah. It's, it's, so it's an interesting, it's an interesting, right. the reason it, I, it, the reason I pick, uh, we, there's a fun question. The reason I pick it because, I never knew anybody in junior high who said, gee, I had braces or pimples or a bad haircut or my mom made me wear weird shoes or everybody's awkward in, in junior high. Uh, I, I don't know too many people who said my best years were junior high. That's when I was, yeah, that's when I was killing it. Um, yeah. So it, yeah, but I don't, uh, yeah, but yeah, but you know, if you don't have confidence in yourself, it's hard to bet on yourself. So I don't know if people would have bet on me or not because I wasn't confident in my ability to do anything other than just eat and be merry. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Were you uh, outgoing at all or are you introvert? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was, I was totally outgoing. Love people, sports, you know, all that. I was a people person. I was definitely outgoing at that age. Yeah. No, that's great. That's great. Um, 
What else would you like to share with the audience? O open forum about uh, about scaling or uh, getting to what where people want. Obviously, that's your your jam. That's your business is getting people, you know, what they where they want to go. Uh, what would you share that I haven't asked about? I would just share the most important part of scaling is marketing, marketing, marketing. Like I said, we have our website. We have our podcast. If you have an Apple phone or Android phone, go to your app store, type in Marcus, M-A-R-Q-U-E-S, Ogden, O-G-D-E-N, pops right up. And you'll see exclusive content, video content. You'll see, you know, uh, written content. You'll follow us what we're up to, what we're doing. So we are in the process of really building that out. So content is king. So if you want to be successful in scale, you have to find innovative and new ways to market and get your product and or service in front of your audience. When you do that consistently with great value and a great message, your business can and has the real strong potential to scale. No, that's great. That's great. Uh, we'll we'll uh, call it a wrap. And uh, thanks to our audience for uh, joining us again on Genius at Scale. And Marcus, thanks thanks to you for um, for taking the time today, invest your wisdom and insight, and uh, help helping the audience uh, get to where they want to go. Well, thank you for having me, John. I really appreciate it. I hope everybody was able to find value in this episode. And again, thanks for listening, and I hope you have a great day. All right. We'll see you on the next episode of Genius at Scale. All the best. Thanks for joining us today. Are you ready to scale? If so, invest three minutes in our scalability index. It's simple, easy, and gives specific guidance. Find it at evokinggenius.com slash scale. All the best.